Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sukman Dami. He is a, a consumer law attorney and the founder and managing partner of the Dami Law Firm uh, based in New York City. Welcome to the show, Sukman. Thanks, Jordan. It's good to be with you. Let's just start with a little bit of your background uh, and how you, your history in the law and how you came to uh, form the Dami Law Firm. Sure. Uh, my background, um, you know, prior to starting the Dami Law Firm um, was actually in international human rights, where I focused on human rights abuses in India, and I'm still, you know, quite actively involved in those issues. Um, but my involvement in uh, consumer law issues began uh, roughly four years ago when somebody in my family was uh, facing um, extreme financial difficulty and uh, the risk of foreclosure upon their home, and they came to me looking for help. And after speaking with them, um, you know, they soon thereafter introduced me to a number of their neighbors who were also experiencing similar issues, um, you know, financial difficulties, being overwhelmed by debt and being unable to afford their home. And that's what prompted me to start the Dami Law Firm, um, and help individuals like my, you know, family member and his neighbors. So there are many, many firms out there uh, doing bankruptcy and uh, helping consumers. Uh, why did you feel it necessary to do not to go to an existing firm, or what? What does your firm offer that uh, other firms already out there don't offer? Well, our firm is really, um, you know, one-stop shop for um, the most pressing uh, consumer um, debt problems. Um, not only do we offer uh, bankruptcy services, but we can also help um, individuals um, who aren't necessarily considering bankruptcy but uh, would like to prevent the foreclosure of their home. And we also help individuals uh, who are experiencing, you know, creditor harassment and do have financial problems, but, uh, you know, bankruptcy may not be the best option for them. We can still certainly help them uh, prevent creditor harassment um, and in many cases, even help them uh, obtain uh, penalties against the individuals that are harassing them. We're going to get into the details of the whole bankruptcy uh, process, but let's just kind of start with an overall view. Uh, what is the state of the bankruptcy uh, market today? Are bankruptcies rising or falling? And uh, are more Chapter 7 liquidations and more Chapter 13 reorganizations? Kind of give me an overview of what's happening in the bankruptcy world today. Sure. Um, in, the, in the past couple of years, bankruptcies have been rising uh, dramatically. Um, very recently, there was a slight you know, downturn in bankruptcy filings, but overall, the trend has been um, you know, an increase in filings. Um, the, the types of filings uh, you know, uh, do vary by state, but the majority have been Chapter 7s, uh, with a smaller percentage being Chapter 13s. Uh, but, for example, in a state like 
Nevada and uh, Arizona, where you have huge uh, foreclosure issues, um, you're, you've seen a huge rise in uh, Chapter 13 um, cases to prevent the foreclosure of homes. So how are bankruptcy and the housing crisis uh, related? When people get foreclosed upon losing their homes, that is bankruptcy the next step typically? Well, typically uh, people would um, and consider bankruptcy prior to uh, the foreclosure process and prior to them being uh, evicted. Uh, bankruptcy is a powerful tool against the fight against foreclosure. Um, and, you know, depending on the state where the client resides, it may even be the best option. Um, their foreclosure usually happens within two uh, different legal regimes. Um, there's the uh, judicial states and non-judicial. Judicial foreclosure states, um, the lender has to sue the individual in court to obtain the right to foreclose. In those states, um, you know, bankruptcy is not necessary to prevent the foreclosure. You can litigate against the foreclosure. You can defend against the foreclosure in court. However, in non-judicial foreclosure states, banks have the power of sale, meaning they can very quickly just sell your house, in many cases, in as little as 60 days. In non-judicial states, um, bankruptcy probably is the best alternative to stop foreclosure proceedings. Um, and bankruptcy um, will allow you to, in addition to stop the foreclosure, also allow you to discharge your unsecured debts. So um, in non-judicial states especially, um, bankruptcy is a very you know, powerful tool to help you stay in your home. Let's just briefly go over the difference between Chapter 7 and Chapter 13, uh, what the legal requirements and when one is appropriate and when another is appropriate. Let's start with Chapter 13. That's the basics of Chapter 13. Sure. Um, a Chapter 13 is a Chapter 13 bankruptcy is known as a reorganization, and it's used by individuals to pay off all or a portion of their debts over a period of time, usually three to five years. Um, most people filing bankruptcy will want to file under 13 if they have um, significant assets that they. Um, want to hold on to, for example, like their home, especially if they have equity in their home. Um, in, the, in the context of uh, individuals who are looking to protect their home, filing for a Chapter 13 reorganization will allow the individuals to not only prevent the foreclosure, but also to catch up on payments that they have missed and become current on their loan. Moreover, Chapter 13 will also allow you to most likely, in many cases, strip your second and third mortgage, and this will, in fact, lower your monthly payments. So you are paying back your debts under Chapter 13, just you're stretching them out over a longer period of time, and you're getting lower interest rates, is that right? You're not necessarily... Uh, lower, lower interest rates are a possibility, um, but you will be required to, uh, you know, catch up on your past payments, but your payment will be lower, especially where you have a second and third mortgage. Okay. We're going to get into this more detail, but let's do again the basics of Chapter 7 and uh, who qualifies for that and when that is appropriate. Sure. 
Chapter 7 is known as a straight bankruptcy or liquidation, um, and that requires individuals to essentially turn over their assets in exchange for discharging all of their unsecured debts. However, a lot of an individual's assets and property are exempt under federal and state law, and those are details that we can cover as, as well um, what what property and assets are exempt from bra- bankruptcy and which will be completely protected even if you, when you file for bankruptcy and you won't have to turn over. Um, and Chapter 7 is really ideal for individuals who don't own significant assets and the majority of their debts are unsecured debts like credit card bills and medical bills. And what are some of the mandates as far as uh, state income and so on that you need to be able to qualify for Chapter 7? Well, each state has... Um, each state varies, um, and there's something known as the means test. And the means test um, is is designed to determine if you have uh, excess income that you should be applying towards debts. Each state has established a median income, and if you exceed the median income, then um, you'll have to engage in some kind you know exemption planning to make sure that you are still eligible for uh, bankruptcy but we can certainly uh, discuss in greater detail um, what the different um, you know exemptions are for each state as well as you know generally what the standard uh, median incomes are for states that you know give rise to a presumption of eligibility or ineligibility based on the income. Now, the last big change of the bankruptcy law was in 2005, as I remember. Um, That's correct. The, the assumption of that law was that debtors are being abusive. I think it was called the Debtor Abuse Prevention Act or something like that. Um, so, so what kind of change did that law bring into effect, and what has been the effect on the bankruptcy market since that law has been in effect for about six years now? You know, the, 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 bank, that, the 2005 changes did make it a little bit harder to file bankruptcy, but everybody still does have a right under federal law to file bankruptcy. The The main um, difference that was introduced with the 2005 was the introduction of this means test. Essentially, the means test, um, you know, establishes a median income according to standards provided by the federal government. And if your income, you know, exceeds, um, you know, the, the median income, um, Standards, then there's a presumption that you have extra income that can be used to, you know, pay your debts, and that you may not be eligible for bankruptcy. But despite that, um, you know, bankruptcy, despite the changes in the law that have, you know, made it a little bit tougher to file for bankruptcy, bankruptcy filings have significantly increased, and there's no reason that anybody should believe that they're not eligible for bankruptcy just because of the changes of the 2005 law. I mean, at the time, there was a huge surge in bankruptcies right before the law went into effect, and then they dropped off because everybody thought they weren't going to be eligible for bankruptcy. So that was all misdirected. That People who were filing thought they weren't going to be able to do it. In fact, they would have been able to do it. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Um, you know, when the law came into effect, there, there wasn't, you know, complete clarity on the way some of the provisions um, you know, were going to be interpreted by the courts. So there was this rush to file uh, before the 2005 law took effect. But since then, you know, the law settled on a lot of issues and, you know, bankruptcy filings, you know, have, you know, picked up quite significantly. And people are still, 
um, able to file you know bankruptcy without any significant problems. Do you think that the assumption of that law, that there are a lot of abusive debtors who go out and spend up their credit cards and then go bankrupt to get rid of their obligations, is a correct perception of people going bankrupt? No, I, I don't think that's accurate at all. And in, in fact, you know, there's there's a you know a, a stigma associated with you know being in debt and a stigma associated with being in bankruptcy that's you know promoted you know in you know the popular media, unfortunately, and um, you know uh, it's it's unfair because the majority of these individuals are not filing bankruptcy out of you know a desire to escape their responsibility. Bankruptcy is event-driven. These individuals have had a loss in income because either they've been laid off or they've become underemployed or their medical bills have exceeded to such a point that they have no extra income to support the medical payments as well as support their families. So nobody in our experience has, you know, used bankruptcy to, you know, get something for free, so to speak. But largely these are individuals who have... Um, by no choice of their own, been forced into economic hardship. And this is, you know, something that's affecting, you know, not these individuals, but, you know, the entire nation. And, you know, what's regrettable is that, you know, you know, the government acted very quickly to help, um, you know, large, you know, banks to prevent them from going bankrupt. Yet when it came to helping, you know, the, the common individual, um, you know, all that we saw was, you know, some some restrictions placed on the ability of people to file bankruptcy with with the 2005 uh, changes. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Sukman Dami. Uh, He is a consumer law attorney and founder and managing partner of the Dami Law Firm based in New York, a specialist in the field of bankruptcy. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business or organization operating as efficiently as it should be? There are five basic dynamics present in every workplace that can effectively derail any organization. Be sure to listen for What's Leadership Got to Do With It? with Rick Tiemann. Rick and his guests will discuss how you can manage these five dynamics and improve your leadership skills. Leaders that want a successful business can't afford to miss this program. What's Leadership Got to Do With It? is broadcast live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. 
For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sukhman Dami. Uh, he's a consumer law attorney and founder and managing director, managing partner of the Dami Law Firm, which specializes in bankruptcy law in New York City. Welcome back to the show, Sukhman. Thank you, Jordan. If people wanted to find out more about uh, bankruptcy and what your firm can uh, offer, uh, what uh, website and phone number should they call? They should go to mydebtlawfirm.com, and they should call 877-845-4577. Once again, that's mydebtlawfirm.com, and the telephone number is 877-845-4577. So let's get into some of the specifics now about uh, the misconceptions and what people should be asking about if they're considering uh, bankruptcy. First question that often comes up is, do, does your spouse have to file with you, or can one person go bankrupt and the other not? Generally, um, it's a good idea for both sp- spouses uh, to file together. The filing fee is the same, and both spouses will get the benefits of a discharge. Um, more importantly, most debts are jointly owned. So a spouse who doesn't file will still continue to be pursued by, by creditors. Um, it's also less work to file jointly um, instead of filing two separate cases, which will then later on require the court to essentially merge the cases. Um, the other issue is that it's also unlikely that the court will allow you to add a spouse to an existing bankruptcy petition after one spouse has already filed for bankruptcy. Um, However, there are situations in which um, spouses may want to file separately. Um, One of the most, you know, common issues is where um, one of the spouses has filed a prior bankruptcy and they're now precluded from filing bankruptcy again until a certain amount of time has passed. Um, Another issue is where one spouse doesn't want to file um, for whatever reason, um, and spouses should always inform the other spouse whether they are, you know, considering filing bankruptcy, and it's a decision that they should reach together. Most importantly, however, um, you may want to file separately to protect uh, property that doesn't fall uh, under the exemptions. Essentially, you have excess assets that are not protected by you know, federal or ex, uh, exemption levels. Um, you can file separately and then thereby preserve the assets of one spouse, um, but this involves um, fairly complex exemption planning, and it also does vary with uh, state exemption requirements. So you should always consult your lawyer if you're thinking of taking a strategy of filing separately to protect assets that aren't protected by the exemption limits. In many cases, people who are entering or thinking about going to bankruptcy are already having their wages garnished or their bank accounts frozen. How does bankruptcy 
affect wage garnishment or frozen bank accounts? Filing for bankruptcy will virtually immediately stop wage garnishment activity. As soon as you file for bankruptcy, you receive the benefit of what's known as the automatic stay. This goes out to all creditors, and the automatic stay requires everybody by law to stop any efforts to collect on the debts. So this includes garnishing your wages, this includes sending letters, this includes making phone calls in an attempt to collect the debt. And in many cases, um, garnished wages can also be gotten back through bankruptcy. Does it work? In other words, do creditors get this automatic stay and they immediately do stop uh, garnishing wages and phone calling and letters and all that? Does it work? Yes, it, it generally does work. And if creditors do not comply, it's to their own detriment because violating um, the automatic stay carries penalties with it, and this can even allow the debtor to uh, obtain uh, uh, monetary penalties against the creditor for violating the automatic stay. Now, this is separate from what's called the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. That's not when somebody's gone bankrupt. That's somebody when they're behind their debts and that abusive uh, treatment by creditors. Is that right? There's two separate things there? That's correct. That act um, uh, controls how creditors can attempt to collect a debt. For example, creditors are prohibited from calling, you know, before 8 a.m. or 9 p.m. under the FDCPA. And if they are calling during inappropriate hours, you can, in fact, sue your creditors for um, prohibited uh, collection activities. But that is distinct from uh, violations of the automatic stay. Is that something that uh, the Domi firm helps if people are being abused by their the debt collectors? Absolutely. We can uh, certainly bring FDCPA violations. Um, and in addition, it's something we specifically monitor for individuals who have filed bankruptcy and obtained a discharge. Once you've obtained uh, a discharge and the court has issued a discharge order, it prevents creditors whose debts have been discharged from attempting to ever collect on that debt again. And if they do attempt to collect on that debt, they are violating the discharge order. And this um, has been considered as a violation of not only the court's order, but also violations of the FDCPA, which prevents um, illegal collection activities. So how does that work from the client's point of view? If they're being abused by their uh, debt collectors and you take on the case, is it uh, the charge a fee up front or is it a contingency or how does it work from the client's point of view? Well, the fees are actually paid by the creditor, so the client doesn't have to pay anything. So in addition to uh, statutory damages, um, the creditors who have violated um, these laws also have to pay the attorney's fees. So this is a great opportunity for the client to protect their rights and also um, get a little money, which, you know, never hurts for individuals who are, you know, are um, suffering financial difficulties. Okay, back to the bankruptcy. Uh, if you do declare bankruptcy, either Chapter 7 or 13, will you be able to keep your physical assets like your house or your car or your boat? You you can keep uh, many of your assets in bankruptcy. There's a common misperception that everything you own has to be turned over to the court and the court will sell it to uh, discharge your uh, debts. However, um, there are... Um, significant exemptions that allow you to keep your property. For example, 
if you can keep uh, twenty over $20,000 in equity in your home, if you're filing jointly with your spouse, that number goes up to four, over $40,000. You can keep uh, approximately 3200 in equity in your car. You can keep uh, over 500 um, in your household goods. And if you haven't, and there's, you know, a combination of these numbers that you can apply. So, for example, if you only have 5000 in equity in your home, you can apply the balance of that towards other types of assets that you have. So you can keep um, your assets in uh, bankruptcy, such as your car. Um, and in many cases, you can even reaffirm debts such as your car, especially where you can demonstrate that you need to rely on your vehicle to earn your livelihood. As far as a foreclosure, if you're headed towards foreclosure, can bankruptcy prevent a foreclosure and allow you to keep your house? Absolutely. Bankruptcy stops foreclosure in its tracks, and all attempts to foreclose on the home can no longer take place. The servicer has to essentially challenge the automatic stay, um, which is difficult to do where the client, excuse me, where our clients, where the debtors can demonstrate that they have an ability to pay and they can prove to the court that they can comply with the reorganization plan to catch up on their payments. Now, when you're filing for bankruptcy, do you have to list all the different bills you have? Uh, What if you have some credit cards you want to remain open? Do you have to give up? All your credit, what's completely, or or you can keep some of them? Generally, you have to give up all your credit cards, and you have to list all your debts. Um, But with respect to credit cards, you can rebuild credit after bankruptcy. Many people think that you'll never get a credit card again, but that's that's actually um, the opposite of what's true. Even individuals who file Chapter 7 will immediately be flooded with credit card offers. However, we, you know, caution our clients not to readily sign up for these credit cards because many of them, most of them, will have excessively high interest rates. However, in Chapter 13, you can almost immediately begin rebuilding your credit and, in fact, making payments within the reorganization plan, complying with the plan and completing with the plan demonstrates that you have an ability to meet your payments, and this, in fact, helps restore your credit. But with respect to bills, you can't pick and choose which bills you want to disclose to the bankruptcy court. You can reaffirm certain debts, such as your car, but everything has to be disclosed. So whether you borrowed $500 from a friend or from your grandmother, for example, to a more formal debt, such as a loan payment, you have to disclose all of these debts to the court. And if you don't, that's considered fraud? That is. It's considered a avoidance. It's considered, you know, failing to disclose um, your debts because the court is the one that's going to decide which debts get discharged in which order and which which creditors are going to be paid back in which order. So if you fail to identify a creditor, um, the court 
is going to end up giving assets to, potentially to another creditor when the creditor that was not disclosed should have received those those assets. There are some new restrictions on bankruptcy lawyers about uh, the truthfulness of documents that was part of the 2005 law. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, it's it's a due diligence requirement where lawyers, um, you know, during the interview process with their client, are um, supposed to verify the client's assets and debts. Um, one of the best ways to, for both attorneys and consumers to do this is through obtaining uh, credit reports. Um, there are you know, three different agencies that provide credit reporting, and most lawyers um, require that clients provide these credit reports. In addition, um, home valuations are required, car appraisals are required to establish the value of these assets. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My um, guest this hour is Sukman Dami. He's a consumer law attorney and founder and managing partner of the Dami Law Firm based in New York City. Uh, his website is mydebtlawfirm.com. His phone number 877-845-4577. And we'll be back after this. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sukman Dami. He's a consumer law attorney and founder and managing partner of the Dami Law Firm based in New York City. They're specialists in the field of bankruptcy. Welcome back to the show, Sukman. Thanks, Jordan. So there's some specific loans that uh, people want to know are dischargeable or not dischargeable in uh, bankruptcy. The first one is student loans. What happens with student loans? Student loans um, are generally not dischargeable uh, 
in bankruptcy, which is unfortunate because that is one of the largest um, areas of debt that is burdening uh, the average consumer, um, especially in this economy where students are graduating um, from undergraduate and professional schools and they're not being employed and they're overburdened by their school debt. I read something recently that said the average student has over $10,000 in student loans upon graduation um, with little prospect of employment. And, you know, it's very difficult for them to, you know, make these payments. That, that sounds low. I would think it would be much more than 10000 with the way tuitions are these days. That, that's, well, that's, for, that's for college students, for, for individuals who are, you know, graduating from law school, medical school, any master's program, you know, the amount is much higher. It's, uh, you know, well above 25000 why is it that student loans are not dischargeable with almost all other that's an unsecured debt almost other unsecured debt is dischargeable the issue there is that the majority of these debts um, are federal uh, student loans and as with other uh, you know f- federal uh, obligations they're not dischargeable in bankruptcy um, and you know I, I I think this law will have to change uh, because the student debt issue is, you know, ballooning very rapidly. And so there's, there's going to have to be some kind of legislative action in order to address this problem. Another debt people ask about is debt to the IRS, to the taxing, and this is also include state income taxes owed. What happens? Uh, can those be discharged in bankruptcy? Unfortunately, these debts uh, can't be discharged. Federal taxes, state taxes municipal taxes and, you know, fines aren't dischargeable in bankruptcy. Okay. Uh, how about if you did like an offer and compromise or something where you worked out a settlement of some kind? Is that part of the that's bankruptcy true. process in this? That, that certainly is pro- uh, possible. So similar, similar to a Chapter 13 reorganization where you're paying back your debt over time, um, the IRS has an offer and compromise program where they will essentially assess the assets that you have um, and your ability to pay the debt, uh, the, the back taxes going forward, and they will, uh, you know, put you on a payment plan and in some cases may even lower your debt, lower your taxes rather. And then how about child support? And for that matter, alimony. If you're paying child support or alimony, how is that affected by bankruptcy? Child support and alimony is also not dischargeable uh, in Chapter 7. It may be dischargeable um, in certain cases in Chapter 13, the, the reorganization uh, bankruptcy option. So those are basically the only debts that are not dischargeable, student loans, taxes, and child support and alimony. Is that right? That's right. Um, uh, there are some additional kinds of debts that aren't dischargeable. For example, if you you've been uh, sued in court for, you know, an intentional tort where you intentionally harm somebody and that individual obtained a money judgment against you would okay. be an, another other, example. But other than those, most things are dischargeable to some extent. Exactly. So how, Credit cards, medical uh, bills, um, anything that would otherwise be regarded as a unsecured debt can be discharged in bankruptcy. If you have uh, retirement funds like a pension or 401k or IRA, what happens to that in bankruptcy? 
those assets are are protected within bankruptcy um, and things like social security and you know fixed income are are not something that can be attacked by creditors I think a lot of people wouldn't realize that they would think that, that now assets outside of retirement funds like a regular portfolio of some kind would be attachable by creditors is that right that's correct and how about physical possessions things you have in your house art furniture physical possessions what, what happens to those so depending on the value those things um, you know are likely going to be protected by bankruptcy the federal bankruptcy exemptions allow you to keep five hundred dollars uh, per item in any household good for a total of up to ten thousand seven hundred seventy five dollars um, the federal exemptions also allow you to keep over two thousand um, dollars of exemptions in things that you need for your job such as tools um, or books or any kind of specialized uh, equipment that is essential you know for your work um, you can also keep uh, a thousand over a thousand dollars in any in any property that's uh, a part plus your unused exemption in your home um, for up to another you know a little over ten thousand dollars but if you have some kind of expensive artwork or antiques uh, the creditors are going to want you to sell that to help pay down the debts is that right Exactly. So those assets will be turned over to the court, and then the court will sell those assets and be used to um, pay off creditors, as you know, the court has decided. Now, talk a little bit about how bankruptcy affects your credit. Uh, when you have a certain credit score going into it, then what happens when you file for bankruptcy, when it's discharged, and on coming out the other side, uh, how can you get your credit uh, restored after you've gone through the process? Well, one important thing to keep in mind is that most individuals who are considering bankruptcy or definitely want to move forward with bankruptcy have most likely missed uh, several payments on their various bills, and therefore their credit score has already been very negatively impacted. And filing for bankruptcy will worsen their credit score, but their credit score has already been significantly damaged. Filing or bankruptcy will allow them to obtain a fresh financial start, wiping out their prior debts, getting rid of the creditor harassment, and putting them on a track to rebuild their credit, especially in the context of a Chapter 13, where they will be able to demonstrate that they can consistently meet the payment plan and restore their credit. So it's not forever. It is a, it's a certain temporary that you can recover. I mean, have you seen people who've gone through bankruptcy and a few years later have credit scores over 700 or, you know, fully restored? Um, we have, especially where they've, um, you know, acquired additional services um, to help repair their credit. Um, there are situations where individuals have obtained a successful discharge and the creditor has unfairly you know, reported uh, the nature of the discharge and they can, you know, essentially catch the creditors for violating the discharge order. And in those situations, they can, you know, make certain demands of the creditors to, you know, restore their credit or reflect their credit in a certain manner. People often ask, how long does bankruptcy stay on your credit report? 
and you often hear seven years. Is that correct? Does it come off sooner than that, or how long does it stay in your credit report? Bankruptcy will generally stay on your uh, credit report for seven to ten years, um, and that's something uh, that you know is unfortunate, but it can you know it does not mean that it is going to prevent you from ever establishing credit or ever you know being able to obtain a loan. But but after seven to ten years, it's supposed to disappear completely. So if you looked at your report and it's been 11 years since the bankruptcy, it should not be on there anywhere? Is that what you're saying? It should not be there, but it may require affirmative action on your part to contact um, credit reporting agencies and specifically asking them to lift the mention of the bankruptcy. Um, are they typically responsive to those kind of requests? They are. They are, and that's something that your lawyer can certainly help you with, guide you through that process, or you know, do it for you. I see. Okay. Um, in, in going through the process of finding a bankruptcy attorney, what, what should one look for, uh, pros and cons, to find one that's best for your situation? Generally, you want to find an attorney who's experienced in the type of bankruptcy that's appropriate for you. So whether it's a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 13, you'll want to identify an individual who's handled these kinds of matters before and moreover can help you uh, protect your assets. Exemption planning is something that can, uh, you know, be tricky, and so you certainly want somebody who will be aggressive in fighting to protect your property and your assets. And there's a lot of uh, discrepancy on issues such as the value of your home. Um, And you don't want to be in a situation where your attorney isn't fighting tooth and nail to present the best case and preventing creditors from taking assets and equity that should be exempt under federal law. Are there some firms out there that push people into bankruptcy uh, that's not really appropriate, so-called bankruptcy mills and people should be careful. How can you tell if you're being pushed into bankruptcy when it's not really the best for you? The best indication is where they don't take the time to provide a consultation and identify what exactly is your financial situation, not only in the present, but what might it look like two to three to four to five to six months from now. Because individuals who simply say that bankruptcy is the best alternative in all situations are probably not, you know, concerned about the consumer's financial health and their ability to recover from financial problems and, you know, are just more interested in collecting their fees. Um, At the Dami Law Firm, we require every single individual to go through a consultation with our professionals before we establish whether or not bankruptcy is the best alternative for them. And in many cases, we've, you know, our clients are eligible for bankruptcy, but we still advise them against filing bankruptcy because they may uh, be eligible for another non-bankruptcy service, for example, such as our uh, foreclosure defense program to prevent people from losing their homes. And that, that, that's, that allows you to use the bankruptcy option in the future. Because once you file for bankruptcy, you have to wait a number of years before you can file file it again. So although it is a very, very effective and powerful tool to help you gain a fresh financial start, once you use it, 
you'll have to wait in you know in the case of a chapter 7 8 years before you can file again okay before we go to break just tell people your website and phone number if they want to find out more about your services sure the website is mydebtlawfirm.com and the telephone number is 877 845 4577. Very good. We're going to have a break now. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Sukman Dami. Uh, he's a consumer law attorney and managing partner at the Dami Law Firm in New York City, clearly a, a big expert on the whole field of bankruptcy. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Intense and intelligent. Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, keeps you informed of the ideological, theological, and economic war being waged against the United States of America. Kevin Lehman's bold and brilliant style challenges your deepest held beliefs and provokes you to ask the hard questions, religious, scientific, political, or financial. Kevin is holding the establishment's feet to the fire with high-profile guests that include politicians, economists, theologians, and business titans. He'll demand truth over tradition and facts over fiction. Full of passion, wisdom, and wit, Kevin's transparent and no-nonsense style make Catch Kevin unscripted and uncensored. The go-to show for real insight on business, politics, social issues, and breaking news. It's time to get real, America. It's time to tackle the tough issues head on. Tune in to Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Sukman Dami, a consumer law attorney and managing partner of the Dami Law Firm based in New York City, an expert on bankruptcy. Welcome back to the show, Sukman. Thanks, Jordan. We're going to go to some of the details now. Um, what should you do to prepare for filing for bankruptcy, even before you contact the lawyer? Before you contact your lawyer, there's a lot of great resources that are available. For example, on our website, My Debt Law Firm, we 
answer a lot of the most frequently asked questions, many of which we've covered on the show, to help you understand the bankruptcy process and the pros and cons. Um, in addition to that, uh, it would be great to assemble all of your uh, debts. So you would need to review your credit report and really think about what other debts exist that you would like to discharge in bankruptcy. Because once you prepare the bankruptcy petition and the bankruptcy petition is filed, it's difficult to add debts that you um, didn't already list, and it's likely going to cost you more money to incorporate a debt in the bankruptcy petition that you overlooked uh, uh, prior to filing. Tell us about the costs of bankruptcy. What kind of court filing fees are involved, and what is a legitimate kind of a price to pay depending on the complexity of your case? Sure. In a Chapter 7, the court filing fee is $274, and that goes straight to the court, and it does not go to your attorney um, or whatever professional you use to um, prepare your bankruptcy petition. In addition to that, you have to take a credit counseling course, which runs within the ballpark of 30 to $60. And that's a course that you can complete online or over the telephone. And, you know, some agencies even have, you know, walk-in locations. In addition to these fees, you will have to pay your attorney's legal fees if you're hiring an attorney. The typical legal fees for a straightforward Chapter 7 case um, probably are around 1500 to $2,000. However, um, the legal fees always depend on the complexity of the case and whether any uh, adversarial proceedings are required within the context of the bankruptcy proceeding. In a Chapter 7, the fees are generally higher and start at $2,000 uh, to $3,000 and go upwards from there. And again, this depends on the complexity of the case and the number of debts that you're uh, seeking to discharge. Or is there competition amongst bankruptcy lawyers? Can you trade one off against another and get a lower price by doing it that way, or, or are they, the fees limited uh, by the court to some extent? The, the courts do limit fees. So if the case is a simple, straightforward case, um, the courts uh, may object to very high fees and what they consider a straightforward case. Now, the fee caps that are established by the courts will vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Places uh, like New York uh, have higher fee caps because this is a more expensive area and lawyers typically um, charge uh, greater fees. At the Dami Law Firm, however, we have uh, you know, generally lower pricing than what you see um, with many firms in many different parts of the country, and we want to make um, you know this process affordable. and And uh, we we're not looking to prevent people from filing bankruptcy, and we really work for, with the client to do what's in their best interest. And if they do decide to go forward with bankruptcy, and they are having difficulty coming up with the fee, we always. Uh, are open to putting our clients on a payment plan. Typically, do people have to go to court uh, to file the bankruptcy themselves, or does the lawyer do it all for them? The, lo- the lawyer will uh, file the petition. However, once the petition is filed, uh, usually about 30 days later or so, um, the client has to attend 
what's known as the meeting of the creditors. Now, now this is a meeting with the U.S. Uh, trustee where the trustee is going to, and, and this is an official appointed by the court, and their main job is to review your bankruptcy petition um, in your presence and see if there are any discrepancies, and they're going to you know, verify your identi- identity and ask you a few simple questions just to make sure that you're not committing any kind of you know, fraud on the court. These meetings are very, very brief. They usually last three to five minutes, and your attorney should be there with you in the event that the creditor, excuse me, the, the U.S. trustee asks any questions that you don't fully understand. And at the Dami Law Firm, all of our attorneys attend the meeting of the creditors with our clients. The Dami Law Firm actually works as a network, right? You have people all over the country. You don't actually, they don't all work directly for Dami. But you have a network of people that you refer people to who've already vetted. Is that right? That's correct. We have a, a nationwide uh, network of attorneys who will represent all of our clients at the local level and go to court with all of our clients. Some quick things. Uh, what happens with utilities? Are your utilities going to get cut off if you uh, have bankruptcy? Utilities shouldn't get cut off, and if they do, they can be restored within bankruptcy. That's not. It's not permissible to you know, cut off utilities, and that's something that can definitely be rectified with filing a bankruptcy petition. What are some of the discrimination laws relating to bankruptcy? The discrimination law is straightforward. Uh, An employer cannot discriminate against any individual uh, for filing bankruptcy. So you can't be fired for for bankruptcy? They can't be fired. Uh, They can't ask you you know, inappropriate questions about that as that doesn't relate to your employment. They can't demote you either? Absolutely not. And although although bankruptcy is a public, uh, bankruptcy happens within a federal court and uh, the petition is a matter of public record, it's generally people are not aware that you filed bankruptcy and it's very difficult for people to know that you filed for bankruptcy unless they know how to navigate the court system and research how to pull public records from within the court system. So there's there's generally uh, very little likelihood that individuals are going to know that you filed for bankruptcy unless you've told them. And your employer, you know, shouldn't be inquiring about this, and they certainly can't use it to discriminate against you. In about a minute or so we left, have left, uh, again, give people the website and phone number to find out more about you and just kind of sum up the advantages of, of doing bankruptcy and doing it the right way. Sure. The website is mydebtlawfirm.com and the telephone number is 877-845-4577. And we would be happy to answer your questions about bankruptcy and help you determine whether it's the best option for you. Bankruptcy is a great way to get a fresh financial start it's also a very cost-effective way. There are alternatives to bankruptcy, but these are frequently very expensive and don't really leave a great prospect for you to obtaining the clean slate that you need for financial recovery. Bankruptcy, in as little as you know, a few thousand dollars, can eliminate virtually all of your unsecured debt and can even save your home in many cases. So bankruptcy is something that you should explore. Terrific. Thanks so much. 
Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour has been Sukman Dami, a consumer law attorney and uh, managing partner of the Dami Law Firm in New York City. Uh, we've got a very good sense now of uh, what's involved uh, with going through the whole bankruptcy process. Thanks for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Sukman. Thanks so much, Jordan. It was a pleasure. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.